Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to the Inside Strategic Coach Podcast with Dan Sullivan. Dan, as you often do, you said something that kind of dinged in my mind, and I wanted to talk to you about this on our podcast. And one of the things that you mentioned in a recent workshop was the fact that why your unique ability is an automatic free zone. And Mm -hmm. we've been talking about free zones in previous conversations, and we've talked a little bit about unique ability, but I thought this was a very interesting way of describing what impact unique ability has. So can you riff on that for a moment? Well, Free Zone, the latest, highest program that we have in Strategic Coach is called the Free Zone Frontier. And essentially what it is, is where you're creating unusually productive and profitable activity in the marketplace that's creating great value for people, but you're amazingly free of all competition. It's kind of an interesting thing because Friday is my 45th year as a coach. One of the things that I have really learned about coaching is, and especially really zeroing in on entrepreneurs, that there's a lie that most entrepreneurs spend their entire career under because they see no alternative. They've actually taken something they don't like, and they've actually convinced themselves that they really love it. The lie that they tell themselves is how much they enjoy competition. Mm. And uh, I've got a simple technique that actually frees people of this lie that they tell themselves. And I say, simply close your eyes, and I'd like you to imagine that it's three years down the road. So it's today's date, but three years in the future. And you've got everything in your entrepreneurial career and your entrepreneurial schedule and how you've arranged the organization of your company and you know the type of clients and customers you have and what kind of results you're getting and productivity and also profitability and just talk about some of the things that are in that picture and you know there'll be all sorts of things but the one that is absolutely true for everybody is I don't have any competition. (laughs) So in every entrepreneur's daydream world about themselves, of the wonderful, most desirable future they have for themselves as an individual and also for their organization, there isn't any competition. (laughs) And to put that very, very simply, price never is an issue. Mm. Okay, so the only reason why price is an issue for anyone regardless of what kind of entrepreneurial profession you're in, what type of industry you're in, what type of marketplace. The only reason why price is an issue is because you have competitors who will offer a lower price, Mm -hmm. and so you're in competition. Most entrepreneurs have bought into or they've been told or they've talked to too many other entrepreneurs or they've read too many professors writing about entrepreneurism and economics is that there's always competition. And yet, I can do a very, very quick survey of best experiences entrepreneurs have ever had, or actually just talk about various customer and client relationships they have, in particular offerings that they make to the marketplace, where already even though theoretically they have competition, in fact, they don't have competition, that they're creating such value in certain relationships that the customer or client would never think about moving 
to another person mm-hmm. because of price competition. Right. Okay. So what's really, really interesting is not only is it their dream world in the future, it's actually a real world in their present life, that there are whole areas of their life, but they don't take them seriously as mm-hmm. something that can be actually multiplied. Right. So one of the fastest way to actually create free zones for yourself is actually to just focus all your activities on that area of being an entrepreneur that you absolutely love that actually requires no work for you to be great. You're just Mm -hmm. really great at this activity. So one of the things that I discovered, Shannon, for myself is that talking is a unique ability for me. (laughs) But talking in a relationship where there's not a script and we're not going towards any set result in terms of talking, but I'm just talking with someone and we're talking about their future and we're talking about what they would really like, and I can ask all sorts of questions, and I don't know the answer to any of the questions. I'm just asking questions. And I've been doing this really since I was about six or seven years old, that I just love asking other people questions about their experience, but actually asking questions about other people's time experience. So, for example, I could say to you, Shannon, you've been at Coach for 28 years. If I take you back now to your first day, let's say the first quarter that you were actually at Strategic Coach, what were the three things that you now know about yourself which you didn't know about in the first three months when you were at Strategic Coach. But today, you're totally confident about that. But when you spent your first three months with us, what were the three things that you know absolutely for sure that you're great at this, but you didn't know then? (laughs) Oh, that's a fun question to answer. I actually signed up to do sales when I first joined Coach, and I didn't know that I would be excellent, not unique at that, and that coaching entrepreneurs, in particular team members, especially together, is really what I love to do and I'm best at. I didn't know that I would be your creative partner in these kinds of enterprises and that I enjoy those conversations too. Another one that I think I didn't know was kind of how I work and Colby has been a huge part of that and just understanding my nine quick start, my two follow through and how those work together, what kind of support team I need around myself. And now I'm completely confident in that. So those are the three things that come to mind right away. Okay, so two observations. There's actually two free zones here at work. One is your answers that you just said about you operating in the world. I doubt if there's another person in the world right now who can compete with you on the activities that you just identified. And I don't think there's anyone in the world who can compete with me in asking that type of question. (laughs) Very true. And I can do it with anybody. And I learned how to do this when I was about six or seven years Mm -hmm. old because as a child and basically until I was about six years old, I had no playmates. Even though I'm one of seven children, the age differences on both sides for me meant that Uh, Until I was in school for the first day, I really didn't deal with other children. I dealt with adults. And probably when I was about four or five years old, I discovered the trick to actually conversing with adults. And that was simply ask the adults about their experience. Mm. And the more you ask, the more doorways into 
adults experience I actually had. So for example, and I've recorded this in other videos and other audios, but I had a woman who lived on the farm next to us, Mrs. Wetzel, and I was, when I was six, she was 78. So there was 72 years difference. She was born in 1872. I was born in 1944. So I would ask her questions about what it was like to grow up on a farm in the 1870s, 1880s, 1890s. You know, there was no electricity. There were no modern conveniences whatsoever. There was no phones. There were no cars. There were no trucks. There were no tractors. Everything was done by hand. And what I discovered is that life without any of those things was normal. (laughs) And it really struck me that all the things that I took for granted in the 1950, this would have been 1950, and our farm had only been electrified about 16 years before. So it was just very recent in the electrification Mm -hmm. period. And I was so struck. And she would talk and talk and talk, and then she'd give me an answer, and then I would ask a question. And then I discovered that in her 78 years, she had never slept at night anywhere except the house that she lived in. And I said, you never went away? And she said, well, people didn't go away in those days, you Mm -hmm. know, because it was horse and buggy, and uh, you didn't go anywhere. And then one day, I really hit the mother load. And I said, Mrs. Wetzel, when you were my age, did you know anyone your age? So that would have taken it back to the late 1790s. -hmm. And I said, did you know anyone who was 78 when you were six years old? And she said, well, I didn't talk to this person, but I was in a group where this person was talking. And Mm -hmm. I remember, and this was someone who had been born in 1798. And I was sitting there, I said, imagine me here in 1950, I can ask a question and it brings out an experience of something that happened not in the 19th century, but in the 18th century. And I was so amazed with that. And I think my interest in history from, you know, reading books and that really came because I was actually getting firsthand accounts of people who Mm -hmm. had been born. And I think I'm unique in this. I've never met anyone who talking to anybody can just get people to talk for hours about their experience and just ask them contrasting questions or comparison questions. Well, it looked like that when you were this age, and now what does it look like? Mm -hmm. And everything like that. This is all knowledge that's being created as a result of the question. And I, I began to realize just how powerfully creative questions are if you don't know the answer. <laughs> yes. So when I'm in that unique ability, and if you think about it, the entire strategic coach is based on a simple thing of asking people about their experience making judgments about what they like about their experience, what they didn't like about their experience. How could they take what they like most about their experience and make their future more about that? Uh How can they take experiences that they really dislike and not repeat those into the future and what kind of changes? That's strategic coach, Uh you know. And I think once I'm in that unique ability, it doesn't matter what the price is of a competitor, I'm in a free zone I'm completely in a free zone because it's strictly being created in the moment, and nobody can compete with you when it hasn't been created yet. Mm -hmm. Which is such a critical point. No one can compete with you if it hasn't been created yet. And I think what I hear in conferences and 
hear people telling me about is that everyone's comparing like their best practices or how do you do this and how do you do that? And yet if people were to simply ask open-ended questions that they don't know the answer to, that creates a unique experience for the two people there. And that's a free zone, right? Just the unique conversations that we can have is really a free zone. But you also said something earlier, people take it for granted. You know, they take for granted what's special or unique about how they do things, and instead they're comparing themselves to other people. But really, if they just focus more on what they were unique at, then that would actually create way more opportunity. Well, I think the other thing is that you're told in a lot of sales training, you're told this, never ask a question that doesn't lead to your answer. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, that's kind of boring, because <laughs> if all your questioning leads to the same answer... That can be copied by someone out of you. They can figure out which answer you're always heading towards. Right. And they can figure out your method, and they can actually imitate it, and they can actually say, well, he's charging $10,000 for this answer. I could give it to you for $5,000. Immediately, the moment that you ask questions where you already know the answer, you're putting yourself into price competition with other people. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, lawyers know that. I mean, lawyers in courtroom, there's particular questions that are known in the law trade. Uh-huh. And I don't care, the best lawyer in the world can get undercut by another lawyer if the questions that you ask are known within the trade and you're always trying to get to a certain answer, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well, that can be copied and can be competed with. And I mean, you may be, as a top lawyer, you may be charging $1,000 an hour, but here's the whole point is in the right circumstances, somebody can undersell you for $500 an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, So it's in the uniqueness of who you are as an individual that can't be copied by anyone else. And the fact is, I can't copy myself yesterday. <laughs> okay? Yeah. In other words, because it's not about a technique, it's about just being in the other person's mind and just seeing what the person is saying about their experience, and then as it occurs to you, say, well, that's really... So you name five experiences here. If you had to put them in order of the five you said, and I've got a good memory for what people say, so you told me this, you told me this, number three, number four, number five, of those five, if you could only walk away with one of those experiences, which one would it be? And they'd say, oh, no question, it would be that one. That's the first time they know that. That's the first time they knew they had the five experiences. So the whole point is that because my particular area of creativity is just hitting other people's experience cold and then saying, wow, that's really, really interesting. So, you know, liking, dislike, which ones you like or dislike, I don't know the answer to that question. I'm just using comparison words and contrasting words. And if you wanted to repeat any experience that you've had in your past life, which experience would be most worth repeating? I said, geez, yeah, I never thought about that. And they said, oh, yeah, there was that day when I did that. If I could actually get a handle on what I did with that day and then just make it more of that in the future. This type of person, you know, what's the favorite type of person that you like working with where everything really, really goes great? Oh, yeah, there's about three people. Boy, if I could just clone them into the future. I said, well, next 90 days, how many more people like that would you like to meet? And they said, gee, I don't know. And I said, well, who would know 
other people like that. And I say, I guess the people who are already like that. And you say, oh, right, the best people you've ever worked with, they probably uh, attract people who are like them. So if you just got really great with the people who are already great for you and Mm -hmm. they clone themselves. So not that they're going to do it that exactly way, but they've just never thought about their experience in this way. So I would say that everybody who spends time with me comes away with a greater sense of value about their personal experience than they did before they met me. Mm -hmm. I allow other people to see their experience where they value it a lot more, and I don't think anybody can compete with me. Mm -hmm. I would totally agree with that, Dan. Now, the thing that's really interesting for me about that is, now, you also add ideas to it, too. So you've worked with so many thousands of entrepreneurs, so you can see where, oh, we can probably, you know, make this a set of questions. But you took it seriously. You know, and I like it. you say, it's where your creativity comes from. You know where your creativity comes from, and you take it seriously. Mm-hmm. And you and I both have met clients in and out of the program that don't take it seriously, mm-hmm. that try and imitate being somebody mm-hmm. else. So I think the message that we want to leave people with is take your own unique ability seriously because it does lead to a free zone and there's no competition there. Mm-hmm. So what's one action that someone can take listening to this conversation so they can get clear, take their unique ability seriously? What would be one thing that you would coach people to do? to kind of do a deeper dive on this. I think it's around the issue that putting how much you get paid aside. I think that the one way to escape from competition is to ask yourself about your experience where money is not the consideration. But what the consideration, I have two words, one is fascinating and the other one motivating, that what are some activities that if you could fill your day up, and you have to go back to your past here, that you're at your best and you're enjoying yourself the most and other people love being around you the most when you're doing these type of activities because this is going directly, Shannon, at the whole issue of unique ability, Mm -hmm. that your unique ability is that area of activity where if you could expend more and more time, your life would be one of greater fascination and motivation. In other words, you would never get tired of doing this activity, and you would always be motivated to be doing more of this activity. Once you're clear about that, then you say to yourself, well, within the framework of how you make money right now, what are some areas where you can make them more fascinating and more motivating. And maybe if it's only five hours a week right now during the next 90 days, could you have a week where you did it for 20 hours? So it becomes now measurable goals in the future. And one of the easiest ways to measure a bigger and better future is time spending doing what you're fascinated and motivated with. Now, here's the big question. Do you take yourself seriously that you would develop your area of fascination and motivation even if right now you're not being paid for doing that. Mm. And this is where I see people either have the opportunity for a more liberated life in the future or they're just totally trapped because the consideration, well, it would be neat if I could get paid for that. And I said, that's not the way it works. The commitment to doing what you're fascinated and motivated comes first, and then you say to your brain, okay, now find a way for me to get paid for what I like doing. The brain will find the practical solution 
if you tell your brain in the future, this is what my future looks like, there's a growing area in my life in the future where everything that I'm doing, maybe it's three years in the road, maybe it's 10 years, but three years from now, making progress every quarter, I'm spending 80% of all my work time doing just this activity that I love, and this is what I'm getting paid for it three years from now. And okay, now your brain has the formula, now it starts looking for the opportunities for you to do this. So this is kind of like the formula. But you gotta bet on yourself before there's any money in the pot. Mm-hmm, hmm very true. Well, Dan, I'm smiling from ear to ear because thank you for using your unique ability to help people figure out. <laughs> and I identified your unique ability. <laughs> that's the... true. So thanks for using your unique ability to help other people figure out theirs. That's fantastic. And that's a free zone, that people who are able to continually make greater and greater amount of money doing just what fascinates and motivates them they're in a free zone because no one can possibly compete with them because the very essence of the word unique means that there can only be a category of one. Mm-hmm. And then you've also figured out how you get paid for that. And nobody else could figure that out because it's not their unique ability. Perfect. So all of us can have a free zone. Yes, indeed. Thank you. At Strategic Coach, we focus on growth in every area of your business and life, leading to freedom that entrepreneurs dream of. Join Dan Sullivan, founder of Strategic Coach, for a brand new on-demand web presentation. It's a breakthrough hour of wisdom, insight, and proven strategies. Over 18,000 entrepreneurs can't be wrong. Watch today at danwebinar.com.